Hello. Welcome to the show. Lucas and Marie Sherman. That one's Lucas. Michelle, so good to see you. Having an amazing Hi. Hello. Things Michelle. Howdy. How are you? Howdy doody. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. We hope you guys are happy. Hey, and if you're not, just give it a few. Well, you're going to start smiling. Having a good day. Good day. Tell you what. Tell you what. Blank. Michelle, blink if you're okay. Oh, there it is. Cowboy. Yes. Love it. Howdy. Oh, how? Michelle, you think next level. I knew it. You are next level, to say the least. Michelle, you're the one. Elementary. You're the one that drew something and turned it into something. Else. Yeah. You know, like the little jokes kids had where they'd like draw smiley face. They'd draw a letter or something and be like, <laughs> look at this. And they'd add like a couple oh, okay, lines. Okay, okay. L and it's like, no, yeah. It? Oh. yeah. Well, if you add this, 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 and this, it's a person. I get that. I see what you're doing. That was Michelle. Love it. Well, this morning, as you can tell by the title, we're talking about living in the power of God. So this is especially a belief who you hear the word, you read the word, and you realize that there's more. And that's the thing as a believer to take dominion, to occupy the land. Christ comes back. And so it's important to talk about, to teach on, to think about, but to get to the point where you want to access that, when you want to block it out. When, um, I mean, you think of Genesis, the very beginning, see Adam and Eve, and they're told by God to multiply, like take dominion. So there's this word dominion that we've been given. And basically what that is, is Authority and have that authority, have dominion over the land, over the, the Bible says the beast, all of this, you know, is for you given by God. And uh, more than that, have authority when it comes to paladies and like it talks about in Ephesians. What does that mean? That means that sickness, these, has no right to life or your children's life, your spouse's life. Um, that, that means that, you know, when a devourer tries to come and take something that's yours, you have the authority to tell it no. I have no place here. I have no place to come and be in my life. Um, the other day was interesting. It was right before um, now, sister laying down. I was like, I need to take a nap. And so as I do, as soon as I do, and I, I'm telling you, I don't get headaches. I don't get sick. I immediately get a headache. 
And the first thought comes to me, like, this is something that you're trying to, you know, to you about before you ministered in it. And so it was just like that. And the, that was my first initial thought. And so I'm like, um, okay, bet. I'm not going to let this headache stand. Like, I know it's definitely not of God. And so I speak to the headache and I touch my head. As I'm laying down, like, I don't get up. I don't make a show of it. I just know what's up and that we have authority. And so I put my head, put my hand on my head and I say, hey, go. Totally goes away. And then next thing you know, I'm laying down everything. I, I kid you not, I start coughing. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like we're literally going tonight, to go minister to people, to go preach the word. And this stupid devil wants to, not saying Satan himself. Stupid, no good, dirty, rotten. <laughs> I'm just saying like whatever force that's not allowed to be. Yeah. And so it has to go. It has to go. Again, I'm like tired. Like I'm trying to just take a nap. I'm just trying to chill out. And so anyways, of course goes all that. But just to say is that there's people, especially believers out there that don't realize that, that those things don't have to be life, that they don't have any right. They don't have a license there. they have no legal right to life. So what are we talking about? So we're talking about living power of God. If you don't realize you have it, if you don't realize you have access to it, then you'll let everything that the world, that the enemy, that the devil himself has to take you out. Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief talking about Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So Satan, a term that the Bible gives him is a thief, that he is the thief, the thief. And so if you're dealing with a thief, you got to know that he wants to take, wants to take your health, your great health that you've been promised. Bible says in third John chapter one, verse two, beloved, I pray that you be in health and prosper, that you would be in health. This is from God that you are to be a healthy person, that, that you don't have to be um, sick, that you don't have to pay for prescription um, medications that you don't have to be. And it's a whole new way of thinking, but without the power of God, you're not going to live there without the revelation of it. What does that mean? That you understand that you can have this can live in it. We're not just talking about good. what, yeah, we're not just talking about when it comes talking about like even that headache. Like I couldn't tell you that that was going to come. Like yeah. I couldn't sit down with the doctor and the doctor says, Hey, at Friday at 2 p.m. This headache will come your way. I couldn't tell you that. So what do you do? You live in. And you I was, live in. It. That's good because I was even going to think about <clears throat> or say having faith for it. But if you don't have the revelation that you can really be healed, that you are made made whole by the stripes that that Jesus took on His back, and that your your healing was paid for. How are you going to have faith for it? Right. You know, you're not responsible for having faith about things that you don't know that you can't find in the scripture that you can't find from God. Right. And that's why God gives us the Bible is so we can know what to put our faith out towards. Yeah. You know, uh, so that's why it's important to know your word and yeah. to know and be taught and sit under people who believe the word in its fullness. Um, and that's the thing. The Bible says that people perish for lack of knowledge yeah so what you don't know can kill you yeah because i used to think 
you know, somebody passes away, somebody gets sick. Oh, well, there's some, there's something in their life that, that is not right. Right. There's something behind closed doors where they're not being truthful. Um, There's something that is not, that hasn't come out. And that's why they're going through this, through this trial or the whatever. And it could simply be the lack of knowledge. Exactly. It could simply be the lack of, they don't even know that they can speak to sickness and Mm -hmm. tell it to go. They don't know that they can bind um, stuff on this earth. They don't know that they are walking in power over sin, sickness, disease, all of it. Yeah, and I think Jesus, of course, um, shows us a great example of living in the power of God. Again, we're talking about living there. We're not talking about having knowledge and, you know, situation happens and once a year or once every 10 years, you call on this power. We're talking about living in it because of what, you know, good, the bad, the ugly. You know, you think about Elijah, who's able in that moment to call down fire from heaven, you know, on that authority, on that power. And so that dominion, um, Jesus, where he's led by the Holy Spirit until the wilderness, and he's tempted, and he's fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, 40 nights, and he's tempted by Satan. So what do you do? He uses the word of God, but there's already something, already, Jesus already had the knowledge that he could dethrone Satan. He, he uses had, the word of God, but he didn't have to go off and pray again. He didn't exactly. have to go off and, okay, let me, let me get this, you know, and again, not knocking on prayer groups or anything like that, but those, those prayer groups are, and, and, and but those let me times knock on that prayer you, groups. well, those prayer <laughs> groups and those times that you meet and everything like that, that's like a sport practice, right? That should be happening all the time, regardless, that should be happening in your off season, so to speak. And then when it's time yeah. to play ball, you got to go play ball. Yeah. You know, when, it, when we had games, we didn't have uh, any, uh, any more opportunity for practice. You didn't have any more room for error or um, training to get more equipped, so to speak. You had to pour out what you've built up in the off season. You had to pour out what you built up through the week, you know? And so that's what... Jesus is doing. He knows how he knows where his power power comes from. Dwells with God, and then he's ready, back to back to back, yeah, to just pour it out. He doesn't. It didn't talk about him going back, right? You know, and that's the thing. The Bible says to be ready out of season. So, like you said, it's football. uh, That's a great, honestly, the best illustration because, like, basketball have you know so many games but football is a great illustration because though that the fall unless you don't know about football help you out here the fall that's that's when the football games are happening every week like that's the majority of when it's happening so somewhat in the winter but they prepare for that and then when spring comes you have you know maybe like a spring game here you Mm -hmm. do the whole seven on seven and then, but it's not as hardcore. You're ready for the fall. You know the fall. You're you are you balling out like you're going. You even all have out. you even have stages of uh, of how you prepare in the off season. 
Right? So yeah. you like you obviously finish your season. You might take a, a a month or two, whatever it is, to kind of recover, take care of your body. You just went through a huge battle, biblical. Um, you know, rest. But you never stop. No, think like you're always. You're thinking still about focused, what's to come. and that it's it's targeted rest, yeah. right? So it's 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 not just going around and just lying around and everything. You're going in for rehab. You're going in for, you're getting surgeries that you. You're watching film. Yeah, all that. So you're prepping. Yeah, if, you, if you're going to rest your body, you're prepping your mind. Um, you're bettering you're yourself. You're taking mental reps. How yeah. can I, I'm, I'm even watching myself play. You get fat and, and then you <laughs> have to get in summer workouts and, and lose all the weight that you gained. You Some know? don't always get fat. You throw up a couple. <laughs> Some do. You throw up a couple times. And, uh, oh, this is how you lose weight? Well, you, you get fat, I say, because you bulk up. Okay, sure. Right? So you bulk up, and then you slim down so that you're at, like, game speed. Gotcha, right? Gotcha, because gotcha. through the season, you have to take care of your yourself and be ready to play the games. So you actually gain weight through the season. Or guys that put on weight in the offseason, offensive linemen, stuff like that, they'll lose some weight. So they have to, like, force themselves to keep that or to yeah and i and i love that because it's even though it's not always fall and it's not always we have this weekly schedule it's i'm ready like i'm already thinking about it i'm ready i'm ready in season out of season and talk biblical you know the men who went out to war like and the bible says and this is the time that men went out to war so there was a time for that but again um I'll say this much. The ones that are now, the guys I, I, I grew up with and, you know, got to go to different schools with and whatnot that I met along the way, the guys that are now in the NFL, right, the guys that are now in the Canadian League, those guys treated it like a 24-7 job. Like they like not in a miserable way by any means, but they treated it like Marissa's talking about all year long. It wasn't just in football season that they turned it on. They treated it like a 24 seven job. And that's how you have to, you know, that's why you'll have a preacher get up there and, and be like, it's not just a Sunday thing. You have to do it Monday through Saturday and everything like that. And you know, you shouldn't have to be, to do that right you have to and again that's why it's so important to find out what you what you love yeah what you love to do and what you're anointed to do what you what you what you've been given gifts to do on this earth because that's what you're going to do 24 7 you know other than loving god you're going to be passionate about the thing that God has set you on this earth to do, right? The field that he has you to work in, the the stuff he has you to invent, yeah, and whatever it is. Yeah. That's the thing. When you, hearing from God is the most important things he'll do that you need to do. Luke's talking about discovering your purpose. That's it. I heard, um, Bishop David Oyadepo say this. He said, uh, purpose undiscovered is basically inevitable for construction. You are because you are created and designed for 
something unique, something special, you as an individual. And so to look at someone else's life or get um, people's life, whatever, and say, kind of pick and choose, it's not that. It's to get really close to God. The Bible says in James, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. So it's not like God has this specific thing he created you for, and he's just going to hold it forever and hold out and never tell you. He wants you to know so that you can get started on the right track now. So you can go grow closer and closer to that end target that he has for you to do. That's why you're here. That's what it's about. Paul in the New Testament who wrote two thirds of the New Testament knew when his time was coming to an end. He knew exactly, I've done what I've came here to do. I finished my task. I've run my race. And so there's a knowledge once you get on that track of that you're doing what you're to do. And not only that, that you're finishing up what you're here to do. Jesus knew it himself. When he got on that cross and took all of our sins, bore our sins, the Bible says, carried our sins, and he was about to take his last breath right before he did. He said, it is finished. And when he said that, the Bible says that he died, that his spirit it left. And what? He knew that his, he knew it was done. Even before that, he's talking to his disciples. And that was at the age of 33, Jesus. I mean, he's alive today, sitting in heaven. Three days later, God rose him from the dead. And so he will come back for those who believe in him, those who out of their mouth confessed him as Lord. But what? He knew what he was here to do. He knew that he came to seek and to save that which was lost, to heal the brokenhearted, to cast out dev- devils. Cast devils. out them devils, I tell you what. He came Down to cast out devils, I tell you what. Howdy. Down in Georgia. <laughs> Howdy, cast Michelle. out them devils. <laughs> he knew. And so when he was on that cross, that was, that was the last thing for him to do was to take on our sins. Because he was the one who never sinned. We've all sinned, but he never did. And so that's why he came. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that who shall ever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then John 3, 17. What a great verse. What a great verse. For God, son to the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So you see this picture of love. You see this picture of a father sending his only son to be, to be our, to be what we needed, to be that sacrifice that we could have never been. And so you see this picture and you see, wow, this is it. And this is what he came to do. So he finished his task. Paul finished his task. They've done all these things. So for you to hear the voice of God, or your life and what you have to do and start aiming towards that now to start throwing yourself into it. Paul told Timothy, throw yourself into your task. That's everything, everything. And not only that, that you would be ready in season and out of season so that you can be ready for whatever God has you to do. He could call you up. He could, you know, sometimes, and I just want to say this because I want to relate with Jason Boyd. I, I, I relate to when they get these calls, here we are. And they're like, Hey, go to so they just show the dude like in his kitchen, like chopping up his dinner, making chefing it up. What's that thing we just got? Make the fried rice. Yeah. They show him with a walk. They're making dinner. You know, next thing you know, Hey, we need here, come here, but drops everything. 
Sometimes they eat a little, you know, a bite or two, but boom, I got to go there. They didn't know that call was going to come, but they had to be the special agent that they were. And boom, show up. (laughs) This is my wife. I never knew a full circle that I would relate to (laughs) the people I admired most. This is my. Hey, we need you to come here. I've never heard of that place, God. I didn't know that place was a thing. It does come. There's, it exists. There's, come. Fi- there's feminists, and then there's <laughs> women who actually think they're Jason Bourne. <laughs> here's the feminist. Here's, the, here's that woman. And there's very few. <laughs> I'm married to one. Uh, I feel like that. Like, you don't, like, and again, uh, everyone has a different... There's but, women who think they can, and there's women's... Women who are convinced <laughs> that they are a special agent man ready to kill any and everyone. Look, I have the same artillery as the guy. <laughs> but there's something about, you know, because you, at least for me growing up, what I did here in church, you know, everybody would whether it's uh, you go on a church camp in the summer or whatever it is, and the only call would be to ministry. Like the only avenue, if you were in love with, if you're in love with Jesus, you want to give your heart to him and you want to live for him, answer the call to ministry. You'd have altar calls for ministry or whatever it was. And I just, I find it so strange. And then it's almost like they make you feel guilty for what you are naturally good at, what God who designed you has made you specifically talented at and given you a knack for. And it's like they teach you to put that on the back burner, forget it. Oh, that's just you. That's just you, you know, being good at it or learning how to do that in the in the natural or in the flesh or whatever. That's, you know, God's calling. You know, we're supposed to become less so God can become more. Yeah, we are, but that's not what that verse means to me. You know, that that, that verse means that we put the kingdom of God first, that we put our plans secondary to God. But if God designed me, and I'm good at, spe- at specific things. And he's designed and, and purposed a calling for me and, and a plan on my life. Then my, my knack for certain things are going to line up with that. Right? If I mean, look, Marissa is good at like trick shots with, with trash, balls of trash and Watch like out, random trash cups and stuff like that. That might not be towards your calling. Uh, that might just be a cool attribute about you. But the things that you can do for hours, the things that you can, when you have it that day or you have that opportunity, you get really excited about and it comes yeah. natural, right? We're watching uh, Survivor and this old, was he like 51 or something? 70. Oh, the, the country guy. He's in his 50s, and he's like this old country guy with a big old mustache. And, uh, I mean, super, super nice guy, super genuine. He's probably the best guy I've ever watched on that show. We Um, need to live on an island while we're watching it. Yeah, right? If I... I need to learn how to make fire. If I just needed an older roommate, I would have... I would team up with this guy. This guy was awesome. 
He almost gave up his spot because, you know, they're on Survivor to win a million dollars. He almost gave up his spot because he was like, all right, you know, him and this lady tied. And he was like, man, you're a mom of five. And you know what? I'll just do it. And they're like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? He's like, I just thought it was the right thing to do. I was just going to give up my spot for. And uh, yeah, awesome. But he was, uh, he was talking about, they were, they were like, hey, you know, we see you. You know, you're like a smaller country guy, super, you know, you got the, well, I'll tell you what, what's it called? Yeah, okay, twang. Got that. twang. You got that twang about you. No, what's the word? Accent. accent. There you go. That's what, I was trying <laughs> I to think of the actual word. Okay. I know what accent is. Oh. I just couldn't think of it. Um, he had that southern accent and everything. So I just thought he was going to be, you know, Good for nothing or good for, like, making fire or something random, you know? And then he ended up being, like, really good at the at the accuracy challenge, like throwing balls and knocking stuff off or balancing and walking, and they, it, it shocked him. And so God will give you specific – and that took him far in the game was the stuff that no one expected that he, that he enjoyed. And he even said about the game, he's like, this isn't fun. He's like – this whole thing, I'm doing this to to win a million dollars. I'm doing this for like the adventure, but this is fun. This is this is tough. But you could see him light up and turn it on when he got into his field that he knew to do. When he got into the challenges that are, that required his specific skill set, and that's how that's how your your life should be. That's how that's what should happen when you walk into work. Honestly, that's what should happen when you walk or run towards your dream. When you start, you you should be fine with giving things up to go further in that, in that calling, right? To, to, to part with things for, you know, a bigger future in that calling because you love it. It's really hard to try and press into something and give up something for that you're not interested in that you that you really yeah. you don't have a heart for that your mom or your um you know your youth pastor or your or your aunt uncle some mentor you like something that they told you to do something or they that told you you were even good at what do you mean like let's say someone said you know what i could see you doing this I should, I respect someone do that. But again, if that's not like a word from God or like your heart. Oh, you're saying if you just happen to be good at it? Yeah. Like you should. Or if someone suggests it. I think that's the thing. Like you read the word and you see every time God spoke, every time Jesus spoke and spoke something over a person or a prophet, you know, who was anointed, ordained by God to say those things, you see that acceleration, you see that desire, you see that heart. And when we're saying your dream, that's the thing, like your dream comes, like God's dream becomes your dream. I used to have, you know, dreams that had nothing to do with what we're doing now. And this was before I met God, before I leaned in to ask what he had for me. And now I have zero desire no desire to do those things. But if you asked me for the first 17 years of my life, I would have told you that's exactly what I'm going to do because that's where my heart was at. But 
I fell in love with God, heard him speak to me and every single time said yes, was obedient to that. And now my dream, dream, like my heart, like God, wherever you want to take it, take it, whatever you, however you want to mold it, whatever you want it to be for, live for, beat for, let it be so that I can do what I'm here to do. Like I, that's what I'm here for. I don't want to miss that. That's what I'm about. And I want to hit every single thing for me to do. And, um, that's the thing is hearing that for your life. You, you look at Jesus, uh, his disciples, half of them were fishermen. Half of them had a legacy of, and, and that's the thing when they were fishermen, it's not like they were entrepreneurs and they got nets and they got hooks and they got some bait and they said, let me be a fisherman. No, in those times, the majority of the time, their fathers were that their grandfathers were fishermen. And so when you see Peter and Andrew and these men on the water who were fishermen at, you know, as men, young men, and Jesus comes and tells them, it's not that they were saying no, or it's not that they were uh, saying, okay, goodbye for this and that. At one point, two of his disciples that he called to be fishermen, their dad was out there fishing with them too. And so you see the correlation. So they not only in that moment said yes to Jesus, said they said bye to their own biological father, their earthly father in that moment. So again, it wasn't like they just took up a thing. And it, it wasn't was like that was a hobby for exactly. them. Exactly. That was their That occupation. was their means of, of life. That's how a for, lot of them made, I mean, good money yes, doing that. That was. That's how for years their family got yeah. income. And so for two of his disciples in that moment to look at their father and say, we got to go follow Jesus. We love you, but it's him. That, that means a lot. That, yeah. that means a whole lot. That meant something. But here's what I'm trying to show you is for years, imagine these men, imagine these men knowing that they were going to be fishermen, knowing that, they're, that they were going to do that and their sons were going to do it after them and they were just going to continue this. And so who knows? They probably grew up fishing with their dads. They probably, they, they of course knew what the waters looked like. They knew what it was like to go out and, you know, when it was dark and to catch these fish and fish for hours. And so they knew the, the tricks of the trade. They knew it. And so who knows? They probably loved it. I don't know. And so when Jesus said, hey, no longer will you be a fisherman, you're going to be a fisher of men. Now you're going to fish for souls. That was in an instant and their heart changed and their heart looking at the Lord. And so that's the thing. Don't look at an occupation of Hmm, I wonder if I could be about this. I could like fall in love with this thing. Maybe I like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw stuff out there. Choreography. Maybe I like working on, you know, uh, media, arts, whatever. Maybe I like, you know, that kind of field, that business. Don't do that. Hear the voice of God. Just like the disciples heard Jesus's voice. Just like Jeremiah heard God's voice. You know, I've called you to be a prophet. I've set you apart. I've anointed you to preach to the nations. And so when you hear the voice of God, it's different. It's not looking at occupations in this angle. It's getting a word from God and him taking your heart and him showing you, look, I've created you for this. And it really does something. Just know this too. It's, it won't, when you step into that or even step towards that, like it won't be boring. It won't be a mundane task that you have to do. Um, you won't feel any type of regret. It'll be fun. 
it'll be exciting in the natural at times it might it might feel like you're taking a a a huge um step out into the unknown the unknown yeah it, it it might feel like oh my gosh i can't believe this or it might even feel like you're throwing everything away like you're just you're just man i've spent all this time doing this or i've i've sacrificed so much to get to the point where i'm at now boom now i've either met jesus or decided to truly follow God's plan for my life, and then he speaks something else to you. Like, oh, gosh, like, it's just crazy. But you have to realize that God is a God of unlimited resources, that God is a God of power, that living in power entails him being able to make yeah. up for 10, 20, 30 years, however long you spent going in the wrong way. Yeah. Whether, whether that's completely 180 from from God's plan for your life or just, you know, kind of right on the edge. Like whether it's just, whether it's you running away and denying him, or even if it's you following him, but just not pressing in and asking him what he wants for your life or, or kind of, you know, one foot in his exact plan and one foot into what seems fun, whatever it is, right? He will make up for that lost time. You were talking about the disciples that were fishermen. Think about Matthew. Yeah. He left everything. He left money. He left, well, I'm saying to get the tax collection job. Oh, sure. It was, yeah, it was a nice job, but he had to, he had to be hated. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he had to, uh, you know, watch his back 24 seven. Living in a man lived in a, had to live in a gated community. Had to. Yeah. <laughs> Had to. No, I mean like protection wise. That was a that was that was a not a well liked man. But then going from a and him pouring all the that. Yeah, yeah. Him wanting to do that, him making sacrifices to live that life, to go to that occupation, right? To him making sacrifices to get a high paying job, right? Let's put it into perspective in today's time. Making sacrifices, leaving your, you know, people you grew up with or the the social norm around you and stepping out and saying, this is me, I'm going to own this or whatever. And then you get there and you've 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 pressed into and fought and spent all this energy and time into getting there and now and now god's like all right if you decide to you know press into him he's like all right now i'm gonna i'm gonna have you do this actually have you leave this and come here oh my gosh god why would you do that or man i've made all of this i've i've done all you you can just open up a book I've done X, Y, and Z to get to the point where I'm at today. I can't restart. I can't give this up. And I just want you to know that if that is you, it feels and it seems in the natural like you're giving something up. But in the spiritual and in reality, God's not going to have you give anything up. He is trying to get things to you by you living for him. And the world will even make you feel like you're giving things up. But I promise you, 
And even though, even after I got the this revelation, I would still speak of like, yeah, I would give this up to to get that. It's like, no, you're not actually giving things up. You know, if it's something bad, then you're putting it down. But if you're if you're talking about giving up money or giving up freedom or giving up time, whatever it is, giving up a dream, no. Jesus is not going to have you give anything up. He has an exciting plan, an exciting career ahead of you. And if you'll press into it, he'll bless you for it. In faith. It made me think of the rich young ruler. Like, of course, they saw Jesus and, you know, speaks to us. Like, they would come to him and say, like, how do I be a disciple? How can I have this? How can I have that? And it's all in you. And so his conversation with the rich young, young ruler in Matthew chapter 19, saying, keep the commandments. I've done the commandments. I was young. He's like, what do I still lack? And Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So it leads you to believe that he couldn't give up his sessions at that time, at that moment, to follow Jesus. He says, and again, verse 21, Jesus says, you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And so there's always the call to follow God, but like we're talking about the disciples, like we're talking about giving up, and you know, all these things are to get you, like Luke is saying, where God wants you to be. There's a perfect will that he has for you. And I believe that it's the will of God. I don't think there's a plan B, a plan C. I think that the perfect will is one will and it's the will of God. I don't think he has other options for it. I just, I just can't see it. I can't see it here. Jesus didn't have others. Peter didn't have others. I, I just, I, I think, and I believe that there's through the word of God, through reading the Bible, that there's one. That's it. That you could be, and I heard, um, what did I tell you, say, Lester Summerall. I just, we just talked about this. Who did I tell you, say? Who, who, what man of God did I tell you said this? I heard um, Lester Summerall say this. He said that um, that majority of believers live in just blessing. They don't know how to go from blessing to blessing. Majority of believers live a good life, but not the great life. Like they don't, they don't get it. They don't have the revelation. They don't, they stick with that one revelation that they have and that's it. They don't know how to increase. They don't know how to go to that next level. And so that's the thing. I think you could be living a good life, but not that great. It's not that blessing, the blessing. It's not that increase, increase that uh, the majority are just living on that one revelation. That's it talked about, you know, Martin Luther, uh, Luther in church, he was what Lester Summerall said, said that they're living on that revelation. That's it. Just a bunch of other examples, um, description, one of them being, um, when I believe it was Andrew was with, um, John the Baptist he's following John the Baptist. He's a disciple of John the Baptist. He's loyal. He's all out for him. And then he hears his leader that he's been following, his mentor that he's been following, John the Baptist say, behold, 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, talking about Jesus Christ. And then in that moment, again, other disciples of John the Baptist, other powerful, you know, all out, sold out, ride or die, you know, men there. But Andrew hears it and goes, wait a second. I just heard my leader point and say this. And in that moment, he realizes, now I will follow Jesus Christ. John the Baptist says, you know, Baptist. (laughs) (laughs) To follow Jesus. But he recognized that power. Exactly. He recognized, wait a second. There's one greater than, you know, greater than you, so to speak. If there's one that's. That, wait, whose who's sandals you're not even fit to, to strap up, to lace up. And so Andrew stops following John the Baptist, follows Jesus. And again, this was his revelation. This was going from John the Baptist to Jesus. Uh, Jesus even hypes up John the Baptist. Like, you are great. There's no greater. This, not the other. Even the piece of these will be as great as John and the Baptist. And that's the thing. Others might be assigned to John the Baptist. So it's not, it's, it, but it, but... What it shows is that Andrew knew and heard where he was supposed to go and actually went. He, he recognized yeah. the power of God that was on Jesus. Yeah. And was like, as soon as he heard it, all right, I'm going. I need that. And thank God Andrew did. You no, know, he was one of the 12 apostles who started, who founded the church that yeah. we know today. Thank God Andrew did that and check out the power of God that he lived in. You know, he, he was right there with Jesus. He was there when Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. I give to you. He was there when, you know, they sent out the 70. He was there when this happened, that happened, when they fed the multitude, he was right there. And so transition, you see. That living in the power of God can be your everyday thing, but it takes obedience. It takes obedience to to pray. Jesus said, and when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. That's, that's, yeah, I'm going to pray. Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast. And so fasting, that takes obedience. That takes, you know what, in order to get more of this power, in order to be more in tune, I must fast not a once a year thing. It's a, it's a lifestyle. Like I need to do this. I need to implement this in my life so that I know that this channel, I know that I'm receiving. I know that, you know, you look at Jesus who we just talked about in the wilderness, fasted, fasted. He fasted multiple ways that we'll get into, um, in detail, but to set the ground up for this, you need to be obedient and it's important how quick your yes is. That's important. You know, just like the rich young ruler that we read in Matthew chapter 19, his yes wasn't right there. Some theologians believe that later in Acts that he actually ended up saying yes. He followed and was um, poured into by the disciples. But right here, when Jesus is alive and he's standing right in front of him, it's a no. What did you miss out on? What did you, what did you miss out on that, on that time? You know, we're talking about living in the power of God, and it comes with the law. It comes with power comes with authority and that that authority only comes from God you can't you can't make it happen you can't be such a good person like that authority that anointing that dominion this is how you get it It, there's not another way it's through God and that's what's going to make a difference in your life that's what's going to make a difference in how how 
quick, to be honest, your healing comes. How quick, you know, a situation comes and already are in that you're living in it you tap into it and so it's important even for ourselves it's important that we do everything that we know to do that the word says to do so that we walk out in a deeper anointing power because if we don't what's the point if we don't then when we see someone who's sick in front of us when we see a girl a woman a child a man full of demons and we don't carry what needs to be carried to set them free, then what's the point? We want to position ourselves so that, and so it's not a, you receive salvation, then you have all this power and it's all overflowing and it's, that's not it. it. There's strict, specific things that the Bible says that open this and not only open it, but grow it. And so that's our heart. And more than what you can say, you know, uh, First Samuel sixteen seven says, but the Lord looks at the heart. So God understands your, your reasoning and your, your backing for talking to him in your private time, for doing the things that you do, regardless of how your words sound, regardless of what strides you made in the natural, God understands what you're really after, right? You think of the seven sons of Sceva. They said all the all the right things they exactly. they they yeah. thought they knew what it was but they weren't walking in the power exactly they weren't walking in the true power they just wanted power right they wanted and were going after things that were contrary to what god tells you to go after they weren't giving him they weren't doing it so that he could have the glory so that people could come into the kingdom through his power they were doing it so that they might exemplify or 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 portray power of their own yeah and in the natural you think oh man these seven sons of skiva are about to give this these they're doing they're doing or even like they're doing good work out there they're going out and they're preaching well they were pastor kids yeah that's what i'm saying they're they're so you they're like oh wow they're preaching they're 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 out there doing god's work you know they're they're really out there trying to cast demons out and it's no they were they they didn't have that power. They didn't have the place in their heart that was giving God the glory. That's the thing. That power comes in degrees. So it's not it's not like you just get the power, and that's like clearly you can see the degree of power you get with Peter in a shadow healing people. You can see it with Paul in handkerchiefs, you know, healing people. And so it's a growing thing, which is awesome, but it's on you. It's on you as a believer to consecrate yourself, take it to that degree that you want to see it to go to. You know, if we could sit here and teach you how to work out, how if you want to start lifting weights, this is what you do. This is if you want to start building your arms, your triceps, your biceps, if you start building your shoulders, your, your back, your lats, if you want to start building your legs, your quads, your hamstrings, we could sit down and tell you, even show you, you know, imagine workout videos of us and just doing lifts so that you can do. But we could teach you for hours until we are blue in the face and you can hear how to work out for hours and hours and hours and hours. But you have to do it. You have to get yourself by some weights and lift them and do it. And that's the thing about power. You have to do it. 
in order for it to grow, in order for you to access it. You have to do something to get to that degree and then go to the next degree and the next degree. It's on you. I can't lift a weight for you. I can't, I can't, you know, change your heart. Like I, I can't put your heart into the plate. I, I can't. And the crazy thing is I could sit around, like she said, we could, we could talk about lifting weights this entire podcast, but no muscles will come from that. I will, exactly. I will receive no gain from just talking about whatever it is. You have to do it. You have to exemplify it in your life. Um, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, but the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So you think of even the Pharisees, the reason they didn't walk in power was because all they had was word. They had no revelation or no heart to actually seek God. They just had word of mouth. They, they only had heart. They were heartless. You're right. You hear, I mean, <laughs> even Jesus being in their midst and in their time is like, y'all, like I can, y'all, this is country Jesus. This is Jesus. Jesus if you wore a cowboy hat. He said, y'all, like I can hear your thoughts. Like your heart, he's literally said, your heart is far from me. Your heart is far from me. And so they didn't have the heart after God. Like they were, they were so religious that, you know, even they tied off the mint in the gardens that even they, but there was no, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But like Luke's saying, if the heart isn't in it, there's nothing. It's wrong. like the guys. I'm sorry. It's like the guys that you see at the gym all the time, and they're and they look like they're doing just because we're on the gym topic. They look like they're doing no, the right stuff. They look like they're doing the right stuff. They have matching uh, shirt and shorts. The duffel bag. Uh, the tennis shoes. The water bottles. They have matching shirt and shorts. The sweatbands. <laughs> brands right they have the fabletics they have the uh the nike top and bottom um they look like they just walked out of a the whatever magazine you got in the mail from whatever sports thing you follow and they're doing all the right stuff but they never get any gains like you 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 see their body just their stomach still hanging out they're not getting stronger whatever it is and it's because all they're doing when you really pay attention is just stuff for show. Like they go out and they grunt a lot on their machine and everything like that, but they're not doing anything at home. They're not doing anything with their diet. As soon as they leave the gym or they're not around people, they don't do it. They don't, uh, if they're going 10, you know, reps on the per set or whatever, they'll go eight or nine. They'll go to whenever it feels good and they'll get off. Right. And that's just what I think of when I think of the Pharisees is that in front of people, they were doing everything right. So that when you walked over to them or confronted them or when somebody really looked at their life, they could say, oh, I'm doing this, 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 and this, you know, and it's all about me. It's all about what picture can I portray? And Jesus is the main one that's like, dude, don't worry about what you look like. Don't worry about what you sound like. Just do, do the Father's will. Like, yeah. 
just be about it mm-hmm. and he'll take care of you. It's not, it's not the power and the strength isn't even coming from you anyways. Right. So just go for it. Have the loot. Yeah. And for them, it was everything. It was their reputation because they weren't, if they were, they would see Jesus and have an, at least an open heart to be like, whoa. Like, and that's the thing, like, yes, the Jews at the time were expecting some king with a sword to deliver them from the Romans, yeah. you know? So yeah, I give them the benefit of the doubt, but you think of the Samaritan woman who yeah. sees a Jew and he's like, she's like, look, like, you're not supposed to be talking to me. Like, I'm the scum of the earth to you. Like, what are you? At the moment, at the time, she didn't realize who Jesus was. So I love, I love reading this story and thinking about it because, again, it, they thought Jesus was coming a new way, the Messiah, deliverer. But she's talking to him, and next thing you know, she prof- he prophesies to her, like, hey, you've got five husbands. You've had five husbands. The one you're living with is your husband. And she's like, man, this man's a prophet. He keeps talking, and then she realized, wait a second, more than a prophet is the Messiah. This is the one they've been talking about. This is him. So I love it because she at least has an open ear. You know, she's not so closed off like the Pharisees. Like the Pharisees attend his meetings to try to, to, try to find something wrong she with him. She was open. The Pharisees would go to the links to, to have meetings with other religious leaders and say, there's got to be a way we can yeah. kill him. Like there were such anger and hatred in their heart that they got to the point and said no we want this man dead and they're the ones who said kill this man we want nothing to do with him so there was never an open heart to him it was never a let me hear you out they they hated him they hated him and so when they had very when they had love standing right in front of them showing them mercy showing them grace healing the people and the pharisees it's so upset because Jesus would heal someone on a day on the Sabbath when they weren't allowed to. And Jesus is like, are you serious? Like if one of your sheep was lost out of, out of a hundred sheep, wouldn't you leave the 99 to go find the one? Like, just like, where's your heart at? And, and it was so closed off and it was so distant from God that it was, they could never hear what was coming out of Jesus's mouth because they hated him. They can never hear because their heart was so off. Don't let your heart so off to the word. I grew up hearing this and I'm going to believe that for the rest of my life. Well, what if in the word of God, you believe something that wasn't the full counsel of God? What if you have a, a dam, so to speak, that's built up in your life because you have a wrong thinking of yeah. something. What if something is blocked in your life concerning healing, concerning prosperity, concerning salvation, concerning increase, increase, concerning the Holy Spirit, concerning living in the power of God? What if there's a blockade there because of your heart being put off? You know, they, they're taught in certain countries across the world that they're not allowed... If they see a Bible in your midst, they will kill you. It will throw you in prison. Shoot, if they, they even will... see books. Yeah, and so why is that? Why is this book banned? Because there's a power. The, the, we're talking about 
living in the power of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive. It's living and powerful, sharper than any edged sword, piercing between the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What does that mean? That means people can read this book that's alive and full of power and realize in their heart, in their heart of hearts, it discerns, it pierces, and it shows you, wow, maybe I have gotten that wrong. Wow, maybe I'm not seeing increase going to the next level because I've stopped right here and it, that dam that's built up, it literally breaks and it pushes through and it shows you and it takes you to a new place. It takes you to a new level. You don't have to die for lack of knowledge. You don't have to die. You don't have to perish because you don't see it because the word of God will allow you to see it and it'll take you somewhere that no man or no woman could take you, but that the spirit breathe inspired word can and will take you for heart. So trust, trust the word of God today. Trust that it's going to take you somewhere else that it's that'll literally fight an enemy standing in front of you. Just like when Jesus spoke the word to Satan himself, it fought him and he fled. And that's what the word of God will do today. I pray that by listening to this, that there is a hunger for you to get into your word, to be open to the words of God, to what he's saying to you through his Bible, what he left you, the word of God that's alive. Let me pray for every listener. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for every son, every daughter who's listening right now, and I pray that a hunger for your word would rise up on the inside of them to receive your word to understand your word as you taught, as you intended for your word to be taught. Lord, I thank you that your word is pure. I thank you that it is written and inspired by the Holy Spirit himself. And I thank you, Lord, that it's doing that inside of every single heart, that every barrier, every dam, everything that's been built up, everything that says this is it, this is so, this is where we stop, breaks off right now in the name of Jesus. And that every person, every listener would be open to your word and how you said it. And and as they read it, they would read it with the spirit of God and see, and they would increase and they would grow in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. And if you are listening and you've never even confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, you, you are looking at the times and you see, man, these look a lot different than 20 years from now. Or than 20 years ago, than 50 years ago, than 10 years ago. And you say, I want to receive Christ as Lord. How do I do that? The Bible says in the book of Romans that you believe in your heart and you confess out of your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you will be saved. You will be saved. You can know today that God is your heavenly father and that whenever you pass, that heaven will be your home. You turn away from sin. You turn away from wrongdoing. The Bible says that our sin, that our wrongdoing separates us from God. And so you, you repent, confess them out of your mouth, and you turn away from and you look to God. So if that's you, you can pray this prayer out loud and know that your Father in heaven hears you. Repeat this after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I acknowledge my sins today and I repent 
of all of my sins. I believe that not only did Jesus die on the cross for my sins, but three days later, you rose him from the dead. I thank you that now your Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me, and I confess Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we are celebrating you today, and we just want to celebrate you even further. You can go to the website, and that's just overflownowministries.com, and we would love, love, love to give you some resources. But we are so excited for this. We're talking about living in the power of God, and we're excited for the rest of this week, and we're excited to see God in your life. Um, if you, on your heart today, and you are saying, I want to be part of what Overflow Now Ministries is doing. I want to sow into the kingdom of God. I want to sow into um, their traveling to go preach the word. I want to sow into them, you know, wherever God says go, that they'll go. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of them preaching this pure gospel to people. And by there, we believe, we believe that when we go somewhere, that people's hearts will be receptive to the word, receptive to what just happened, that people will receive salvation so that they don't live in hell, but they will live in heaven. And not only that, our heart is that people would overflow now, that, that they would receive the, not only the power of God, but they would receive it for themselves and they would live this out. They live an overflowing life. The Bible says that as you give, when you give that he, Give a 30, 60, or a hundredfold return to that giving. So if you're listening today and you say, I want to give to the kingdom of God, I want to give to Overflow Now Ministries and what they're doing, what they're a part of, we're going to put up the ways to give on your screen. And we are believing that you will receive that increase, that it'll come back to you because that's what the word of God says. And so the ways to give are on your screen. You can give on the website at overflownowministries.com slash give. Give on Cash App, dollar sign Overflow Now Men. You can also give on Zelle, Overflow Now Ministries at gmail.com. You're writing out a check. You can give at P.O. Box 467, Rowlett, Texas, 750. Pray while we leave that up there for. But I thank you for everyone's giving. I thank you for heart, their joyful, generous heart to you. And I thank you that you will give them back, that their seed that they're sowing in their hand right now, that it'll be pressed down, shaken together, running over, that the needs, their needs, Lord, and I thank you that those needs are met. And you see their desires above that need. Lord. I thank you that as they give above right now, that you are giving them even the dreams, even dreams. Someone who's listening, want to start a business. And in your heart and in your mind, even in your vocabulary, you've called it a small business. But as you sow today, that small business will not remain small. It will increase. It will not be a small business for long. Lord, I thank you that as they give to your kingdom for what you want to see expanded, for what you want to see come to, that as they're giving to souls, God, what you want your heart, that you're even blessing the dreams that you've given them for that business. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys so, so much. We thank you for being with us. We love hanging out with you guys. And we're 
same time tomorrow. We love y'all. We hope you have an amazing